Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Now here's Father Ted. On this fourth Sunday of the Easter season, we're celebrating what is officially known as Good Shepherd Sunday. Because every year on this fourth Sunday of the Easter season, the gospel talks about a particular aspect of Christ as the Good Shepherd. We always hear a citation from John's 10th chapter, which is a long discourse of Jesus where he says, I am the Good Shepherd. You are the sheep of my flock. And if he says, I am the Good Shepherd, we are to respond with the words of today's, sh- with the words of today's song. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Now, throughout, the, throughout this discourse of John's 10th chapter, our Lord is talking to us about the kind of relationship that he wants to have with us. First of all, he tells us, he calls us by name. That's to say, he knows us individually. He wants a personal relationship with us. He does not want us to simply refer to him as the Almighty and the Creator, he is that, but we also want to be friends with God. God who knows us by name and we are to know God by name. Second, he leads us out and he goes ahead of them. He goes ahead of the sheep, he tells us in that 10th chapter of John's gospel. So it's not just that Jesus from his command center in heaven is pointing to us the way we are to go. Do this, do that, go here, don't go there. But he is the one who came down to earth. He made himself one of us so that he could walk the walk. He could show us personally what it is that we have to do. He doesn't simply point it, but he walks ahead of us. He accompanies us. Third, he feeds us. There's that famous Psalm 23, right? He prepares for us a table. He leads us to verdant pasture, and he does this in many ways. First of all, every time we pray the Our Father, we're asking that he might give us our daily bread. We're praying that God might provide for us the material sustenance we need on a daily basis. He also feeds us with his word. Every time we open up the Bible, we're being nourished. We're being fed with the word of God. But first and foremost, the most eminent way in which the Good Shepherd feeds us, his sheep, is with his body and blood in the Eucharist. Fourth, he protects us. He tells us many times in this discourse that there are false shepherds, there are thieves, there are marauders who are seeking to fleece, milk, kill, cook, and consume the sheep. Those are the people who come only to kill and to steal. And against them, Jesus sets himself up as our protector. He says, I'm the gate. No one can come in unless they come through me. He's the one protecting us. He's the one guarding us. If they want to get to us, they have to go through him. That's what he told us in today's gospel. No one can take them out of my hands. And that's actually a fact. No matter what force we're against, no matter what kind of difficulty we confront, no no exterior power is capable of separating us from Jesus. We can leave the sheepfold, but no force can break in. So long as we stay with Christ, we are always safe. Fifth, he gives up his life for us. He tells us the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And his concern for us is to such that he's willing to die for us. 
He's willing to give up his life for us. He's not just willing to protect us, to defend us, but he's willing to die so that we could have life and have life to the full. And what kind of life does that mean? Like, what does it mean to have life to the full? He tells us again, so that they might have eternal life. He wants us to lead us to that eternal sheepfold where we can enter into that everlasting repose. That's what the second reading was about, actually. We heard about that lamb who shepherds. It's interesting. It's a lamb who's also a shepherd, a lamb who has been slain, who shepherds the flock. And this lamb takes away all of our wants. He leads us to a place where there will be neither hunger nor thirst nor any other kind of desire, and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. Now, every priest is called to imitate these characteristics of the good shepherd. Every priest is supposed to be a shepherd of sorts, a pastor. And that's why, ever since 1963, this Good Shepherd Sunday has also been the World Day of Prayer for Vocations. Today, in a special way, we follow our Lord's exhortation to beg the master of the harvest to send more laborers into the harvest. Because a single worker, a single harvester, can bring in hundreds of pounds of harvest after a day's work. Or to put it maybe more theologically, a single priest can save a thousand souls. Along with the Second Vatican Council, we profess that the whole Christian life stems from and leads to the Eucharist. But if there is no priest, there is no Eucharist. And so without the priest, the Christian life diminishes, weakens, and is not capable of being a flourishing as God meant it to. And the devil knows this. The devil knows how important the priests are in feeding Christ's flock. As a priest mentor told me five years ago today when I was ordained, from this day on you've got a bullseye on your back because the devil is hunting you. The devil wants you. The devil knows that if he takes you down or he takes any priest down, he's going to take a lot of other people down with him. And so that's why there's a greater need to pray for those men who have been called to minister at our Lord's table. A very different yet timely application for this Sunday is the shepherdly love that mothers are also called to practice. A priest is supposed to be a shepherd, but also every mother, in a sense, is called to imitate the shepherding care of Christ, the Good Shepherd. On Mother's Day, we pray for our mothers, both the living and the deceased. We thank God for them, and we thank, God, we thank them directly also for all that they've done for us throughout the years. The work of a mother in many ways is an extension of Jesus' shepherding. Moms care for their children with a personal love. They name their children and they call their children by name when they can remember their names. Moms feed their children. In most vulnerable stage of human existence, the feeding occurs through the umbilical cord. But then, after birth, they continue to feed them from their own body. And after that, there are thousands of meals that every mother lovingly prepares for her children. Moms guide their children. This is the third way. Moms guide their children. So they have personal love, they feed their children, they guide their children along the right moral path. They're the first ones to teach their children the faith. They teach their children to pray and to distinguish between right and wrong. Moms protect their children. 
They protect them in the womb. They protect them from bad influences. And they also protect them from those truths that they are not ready to know yet. Moms sacrifice their lives for their children. They give up their own pursuits to help their children succeed. Their day-to-day existence is sacrificed for the sake of the children. So today we praise mothers for all these ways in which they love like the Good Shepherd. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention our patroness, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, as a wonderful example of motherhood. She's known for many things. She was the first in many fields, we can say. She was the first to set up a Catholic orphanage for girls in this country. She was the first to found a women's congregation in this country. She was the first to establish a free free school for girls in this country. She did many things for the first time. But above all these things, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton considered herself to be a mother. Her children had the first claim on her time, affection, and attention. She wrote, nothing should interfere with what I owe to them. She was committed to preferring their advantage in everything. So if there was ever a conflict between her many obligations and her children, her children always had pride of place. A witness to shepherdly maternal love is needed needed now more than ever. We live in a day and age which so often denigrates motherhood. Many say that female fulfillment must involve the ability to flee from motherhood by avoiding maternity altogether through contraception, or, more notoriously, if they've conceived a child and already have become a mom through the practice of abortion. This is quite contrary to the Good Shepherd, who came that they might have life and have it to the full. All the people in the church especially those who have had abortions or encouraged others to do so in the past, have the duty to defend life in the womb and care for mothers, protect them from thieves and marauders who urge them to destroy rather than cherish the life they have conceived. You probably all have heard that earlier this week was leaked the draft opinion of the Supreme Court in the Dobbs case. If followed through upon, this decision would finally overturn Roe versus Wade, which made abortion legal in every stage of pregnancy throughout the 50 states. So if it's overturned, states could independently decide to outlaw that practice. And that would be a huge step forward to establishing a culture of life. It's not the final step. It's not as if we did it. It's finally done with. But it is a big step in the right direction. At the same time, it's going to be a huge challenge for us to ensure that women in vulnerable situations know that they have the resources necessary in order to choose life. And that's why here in Emmitsburg, actually, there's the Catoctin Crisis Pregnancy Center. It's a place which tries to supply expecting mothers with those needs, with those material goods that every mother is in in dire need of and they might not have readily available. Christ is the good shepherd who does not leave his flock unattended. He continues to feed, protect, guide, and lay down his life that we may have life to the full. So we thank him for for this banquet of his word and his body that he prepares for us every Sunday. And we pray that more men might respond to that call to be shepherds of the flock 
and that all mothers might love their children with a shepherd's heart. And all of this we ask through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Good Shepherdess, that she might watch over us just as she watched over her divine son, the Lamb of God. <laughs>